Yeah, your gifts are the service of the gift you are. And the gift you are is your purpose. So I think a lot of people discover their gifts. Oh, I can sing, I can dance, I can communicate, I can do a lot of things. I can manipulate things. But they kind of uh, confuse what do I do with it. Because you have to discover the gift you are. Who are you? When you discover that, then you understand what to do with the gift you receive. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. But David E. Simons. Discovered my gift. Uh, I have the pleasure and honor of interviewing a longtime friend, top confidant, someone who's been there in many, many transitions in my life. I'm so grateful. We're actually recording this live from Kigali, Rwanda. I can't even believe it. We're in the same place. Uh, God made it possible for us to reconnect here. And uh, I'm so excited to have. Hubert Segura on today on how did I discover my gift live. This is the first interview we've done outside of the States and uh, couldn't be more excited to uh, have Hubert on. Thank you for being on, my brother. Man, this is good. This is even more exciting for me to hear that this is your first one outside the state uh, and it's happening in East Africa in Rwanda, yeah. uh, where I believe uh, is a place of the first, a lot of firsts. Uh, this is the place, the only place uh, where uh, a people uh, suffered the, the atrocities of genocide uh, being killed by their own government and, and in, uh, in 100 days uh, our country, our people lost more than a million of people. That's 1,000 people every day. Wow, that's a lot of people. So, uh, And in only 25 years afterward, uh, the country have emerged to become uh, the <clears throat> top in the top three uh, in Africa, where it's easy to do business, fastest growing uh, economy in Africa, uh, becoming the cleanest city in, in, in Africa, and so many other first and first and first. So uh, this show is is in a very good company. Wow, you know, and I've got to <laughs> say for the listeners. You, you unfortunately cannot get to see all the things that Hubert and his friend Emmanuel took us around. Uh, we had an amazing dinner. We got to see what he's talking about. It is clean. It is quiet. It is calm. And um, I, I just think that this place is beautiful. Everyone should come to Kigali. I've learned so much already about the history as Hubert was sharing with you. And I think that, oh man, 
I need to come back here and and uh, and establish some things here for myself. Kigali is beautiful, and again, I can't I can't put it into words what I've experienced here in this short stay that I have here in Kigali, but just the way the architecture is done here, how the buildings are built on on hills and and the people are so peaceful. When I got out the airport, just stillness, quietness, and peacefulness. Um, it's not, you know, anything I've got to say. You know, I'm from Ghana, and and this country, I believe, even has more to offer than a lot of the African countries that I've been to. I haven't been to a lot, but we have a lot to learn from Rwanda. Shoot, even the United States, we have a lot to learn from Rwanda. This is a beautiful, beautiful country with beautiful people. And they are a lesson uh, to the world. One of the things that Hubert shared with me was the fact that uh, Rwanda doesn't really have any specific major industries or major resources. And they were able to, to take and build this amazing economy, this amazing country in 25 years without having all the dependencies that other countries have to grow their market. If you wanted to establish it or, or do anything, usually you have some kind of foundation, some type, type of thing. But Hubert, if you could speak more to that, just... Yeah, the, the, when, when, when genocide was, was stopped, uh, the country was destroyed. Uh, matter of fact, they said it was a failed state. There was nothing, no health system, nothing. Like the government did not exist. There was no any kind of structure uh, to be able to help, other than just people who believed. A very few people who believed it could be done. And uh, among these people was the actual president of the nation, Paul Kagame, who. Uh, I, I remember when they were just casting the vision, saying 2020 vision, and I was in my, in my head it was far away. What they were saying did not make any sense. Saying we could have built, we have uh, we have a medical system where everyone have access to medical care. Uh, we have. Uh, the primary school is free for everyone. Uh, it's actually a law that kids under a certain age have to go to school. Uh, they believe these things and cast the vision. Uh, all I can say is, uh, even talking with, uh, about how do you discover your gift, uh, Rwanda had to discover something. We had, we had to discover something and believe it until we start seeing it so uh 2020 vision was accomplished two years ago mm -hmm. uh, and they now the national wise we started going toward 2050 vision wow uh, rwanda has the highest uh number of women in parliament 68 percent i think wow. uh in the government I think it's 50 percent wow. uh, not because uh, it was a choice but because that's what the population looks like mm. uh, it was not 
a plan saying this is what we're going to have, but uh, losing more than a million and uh, more than millions of people killing, being the ones killing that this million uh, of victims. That meant a lot of women have to step out mm -hmm. and do what was normally uh, reserved to male. Right. To male. And they did well. Wow. So, so it w there was no campaign in right. Rwanda saying, you know, uh, women rights and stuff. Right. That's not a discussion. We do not even have those kind of discussions. Yeah. It was normal. That's, you know. Wow. Mothers have this thing of stepping in when nothing is working. Look at that. And, and I think for the listeners, this would be beneficial for them to hear, and if you don't mind sharing, your personal story with the genocide and having to go through what you've gone through and them sharing, hearing a little bit about your story. Yeah, so when genocide uh, happened in 1994, uh, the genocide was against Tutsis uh, in Rwanda. I was 11 years old, living a normal life here in Kigali. And as any other family, one day, uh, one morning, we woke up and, you know, radio they were like saying no one has the right to go out and stuff like that and it started going crazy now neighbors people who were neighbors started coming with machetes with this all uh, kinds of arms coming destroying everything killing everyone so we had to run and hide for our lives and uh, at the end of the genocide it was just a miracle that some of us were still here I was one of them who survived the genocide. Uh, <clears throat> the thing is, uh, I think Rwanda, we, we, I always believe uh, we had to go through what we have to go through because of our purpose, because of our destiny. Uh, I do believe that each and every one was created for a specific purpose and that goes beyond an individual each and every uh, for those who believe in uh, God who believe in what the Bible says the Bible yes. says uh, that he formed nations of people for a specific purpose so I do believe that each and every one individual we have an assignment but each people each nation has a specific assignment and for us I think God just wanted to show with our lives as a people that anything is possible wow. with him I think if Rwanda can do it anyone can do it wow. I think uh, this nation is built because God wants just to cancel any excuses people have wow. if we can do it if God can do it with us, mm -hmm. then what is your excuse? Right. We have the highest density in Africa. Uh, we have no oil, no diamond, no gold. Nothing special other than just being special. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. And, that's and, amazing. and that's... And I don't even like to say... Uh, to say that 
uh, especially in this for this uh, show we're doing because when I say we do not have any natural resources that is limiting and trying to be like anyone else I think you asked me a very good question. How do you discover your gift? Yes. Discover your gift when you discover your uniqueness. Mm. Already. I, I can't wait. Let's, so let's dig in. You discover your gift when you discover what you are unique at. Mm. And that's frightening. I think most of people do not discover their gifts because it's tough. That is, it's easy to, to be like everyone else. That's right. The problem is, no one is like anyone else. That's right. The society we live in tries to tell us, oh, who do you think you are? Just, you know, keep calm and do like everyone else. That's not possible. Just by, the, by nature of who we are, everyone is different. Everyone is unique. And you only discover your gift when you discover when you start discovering what makes you crazy. Mm -hmm. When I say makes you crazy, it's what makes you different. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, your gift is what you are in trouble for when you're a kid. Mm -hmm. Because kids, they're just kids. They do not try to become something else. You discover your gift when you discover who you are when you stop trying to be someone else. When you discover who, when, when you just decide, you know what, I'm just going to be me. Mm. Then you do not have a gift, you're a gift. Mm. Mm. <laughs> the, the biggest the gift is not what God gave you, it's who God made you. Wow. Every, each and everyone, 7.6 billion now, mm. everyone is a gift. And in the words of the greatest leader that ever lived, he said, I came to serve myself. Mm -hmm. Which means he did not come to serve us with his gift. He served himself because he was the gift. Mm -hmm. And each and every one is a gift. When you discover what was in the creator's mind when he decided he needed you, I've discovered a gift you came to bring. And that's a huge responsibility. The problem is when you discover it, you have to act on it. You have to answer the call. And most of people do not want that. That means you have to go out of your comfort zone. Right. The comfort zone is try to conform. It has this uh, false sense of uh, how do you call it? Sense of security and comfort when what you're doing is what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. The problem is because when you try to do what everyone else is doing, you're suppressing who you are. Unique, because no one is like anyone else. Mm. Can, can you tell us about 
your your journey in discovering your uniqueness and, t- and take us through the struggle parts and figuring out how, you know who you are and what happened for you what what's that what was that process like the, I think uh, being unique I just left here uh, in Rwanda I was born here then ended up in Europe I lived there for several years got married there and I had to move to Canada where I was living until last two years when I decided to move back home. And on my journey, I was mentored by the best. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be mentored uh, by the late Dr. Miles Monroe. And through mentorship is really when I discovered who I was. Uh, I think there are several ways you can discover who you are. And being unique, each and every one has his or her own way to discover it. Me discovering myself started really when I connected with Dr. Mono. Because his way of saying and his vision, especially his vision, I believe mentorship has more to do than uh, to do with transferring a vision to the next generation than anything else. And his vision of uh, transforming followers into leaders and leaders into agents for change, and especially his vision of changing things through leadership is what personally helped me to discover first that I was not a mistake. Mm. You see, when you live, uh, when you're born in a nation where unconsciously they make you feel that you're a mistake. Because you feel rejected when people try to kill you because just because of who you are. Even when they do not get to do it, somehow, somewhere, you believe you're a mistake. And so can you explain that for, for those listening? Because they may not be familiar with the the Tutsis and the... Okay, so in Rwanda, what happened was uh, we had three tribes, actually, and uh, those are Hutu, Tutsi, and Toa. And the Hutus extremists decided we're going to exterminate Tutsis. Now, me personally, I was born in a mixed family. Now, you know there's no such thing as mixed person. A mixed person always take the least part. That's why, for example, for those who are listening to uh, from United States, they always say Barack Obama is the first Black American, Black president, which does not make any sense to me because he's as black as he's as white. He's half white, half black. But why do they say he's the first Black? president because in the United States blacks are minorities so that's that's the same way anyway when you're a mixed person uh, you will always be considered as the least so during genocide being a mixed person were constituted and that's how they treat so, so that thing, 
that thing for an 11 years old, I think somehow, somewhere you believe that maybe there was something wrong. And I think anyone who have been in an oppressed system will agree with me that somehow there is a damage. So hearing that you are not a mistake, that you are who you are because of what God created you for, that's that's just crazy. It does not make any sense because the same thing that you are being killed for is the same thing that gives you value. Wow. When you discover that, you become a very dangerous person. Because <laughs> nothing can stop you. That's right. You've been to both ends. And then you realize, you know what? Maybe that's true. And you, when you believe it, nothing is impossible. Wow. So, and that's what I think that's the story of my country. That's the story of this whole nation. You discover, you know, we're not mistakes. We can wow. do something. And I think quite, we still have a long way to go, my goodness. But this journey, this last 25 years, have showed us as a people, if we want to work together, nothing is going to be possible. So, so me personally, it was the journey of my life and meeting this man who spoke life into my life. And then the rest is history. Wow. Yes. You've, you, you've traveled all around the world with Dr. Maz Monroe. You've spoken all around the world, you've written a book. We'll, we'll talk more about that a little later. But you've literally gone from, like you said, to the point of near death. Because you lost a lot of family members. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember one day, uh, so they would kill people and put them in pits, like this whole... And then one day they took me and they were tired, I think, of killing people and have to throw them into these pits. So they were starting asking you to go into the pit and then they'll kill you inside. So one day uh, they took me, removed all my clothes because they wanted to keep them. And then while I was going down into the pit, just someone out of nowhere said, you know what, let's not kill him now, he will die. That's how one day I was saved from just, I was going down the pit. Wow. But now I know it was because my destiny was still holding on. Wow. At that time, I didn't realize, I was like, you know, you don't even think. When you are in this kind of things, you don't think. You You know, you you think for your life, that's it. Yeah. And you move on. But now that's when I realized, I was like, yeah, that day, still had to speak to you today right. so right. I couldn't die look at that so so for that person who's you, you've really spoken to that person who's like feels like they don't have a purpose they don't have anything but now once they find it right once they find it what do they do well you know it's funny because once you find your purpose in life then even all of those things you went through somehow they make sense mm. somehow Every experience you have ever lived, 
you say, oh, now I understand why I had to do this. You know, as crazy as it may sound, I understand why I had to be born from the family I was born in. I understand why I had to be born in the neighborhood I was born in. When you discover your purpose in life, what your destiny looks like, everything you went through up to that point makes sense. Wow. As crazy as it may sound, yeah, it makes sense. Oh, that, that's valid. I, I feel the same way. That's that's powerful. To a point you're like, man, even this, you're like, yeah, even that. Mm. Because you, you realize how everything works together. Right. For your good. That's right. So take me to now you've lived in, you've left Rwanda, you've lived in Canada, or Europe for some time, then mm-hmm. Canada. Mm-hmm. Now, you, through, I know you talked about how you, you became a mentor of Dr. Miles Monroe, you studied certain things, and, and then somehow became, um, came into mentorship. Um, now, what did you do from that standpoint to be able to so I'm trying to get to the point of your gift, right? There's many gifts and talents that one has mm-hmm. and your uniqueness. There's many things that make you unique. What are those gifts? What are those uniqueness for you personally? And how did you take that and now put it on the world stage like you did? Okay, so as I was saying, I discovered I was myself a gift. Mm-hmm. And my gift was... Uh, <clears throat> was to deal with leadership. Okay, so leadership, I define leadership as the capacity to see a better future and be willing to pay the price to bring it to the present. Wow, can you say that again? Uh, I believe leadership is the capacity to see a better future for human race and be willing to pay a price yourself to get that preferred future to bring it to the present. Not only to bring it to the present, but to make sure it's passed on to the next generations. Wow. That's powerful. So for me, a leader or leadership is about a full cycle. You take something from the future, you yeah. bring it to the present, and you pass it on wow. to the next generations. And what I discovered was I was born to connect people to their destinies. Mm. That's who I am. Mm. And me saying what I had to go through, I had to go through to understand the urgency of connecting people to their destinies because I have lived into the ultimate killing of destiny, which is killing a human being. When you kill a person, you do not kill a person. You kill a destiny. Wow. Jeez. You kill Can you explain it? Can you expound on that? That's... Yeah. A person is not a person. A person is everyone his life was going to touch, was going to heal, was going to support. That's what I call a destiny. Destiny is all these things you're supposed to do in your lifetime. When you kill a person, you put a stop on those all of those things. Can you imagine 
if someone who infected maybe what uh, penicillin, malaria cure, all of these things, when if these people were killed, that's one of the things. For example, when people have these discussions about abortion and all of these things, you're not killing a baby, you're killing a destiny. So I lived in its in a country where people died, were killed in in an absolute way you couldn't understand. Why would neighbors show up one day in your home with machetes and cut and butcher everyone there? People they knew. Sorry, sorry not to take it on a person even personal level. Did you witness your family members being yeah. oh yeah you that was you know they mom were dad not uh my my grandma was living with us when a group of people came into the house uh she did not have time to explain she was butchered and I was probably the last person who saw her alive and I had to run. She was not dead yet but I couldn't help. I had to leave. Yeah, so many. Yeah, you, most of people you see uh, when you go around here, they have lived through those. Wow. Seeing people closely, and like my grandma I left her, she was still you know, trying to breathe. Wow. And you had to run for her own life. So, Jesus. So, I, I think that thing makes you a different person. You see life from a very different angle. You see, when I discovered my life assignment, I think you have have something else that says, man, there are a lot of people who are still alive, but they're dead. Because they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. True. So me going through a loss of life, Indeed, that brought away was brought away. It was. It shocks you in a way that you realize, man, if you're still breathing, you should be doing something with your life. So that's probably my drive. Uh, that makes me want that everyone I meet, you are in a position, you're equipped, you understand that you have a destiny to. You're not just a mistake. I don't care how, in what way you are born or conceived, I do not care. The reason you're still here is because you have something to give to us. Wow. Now, I will do everything I can to make sure anyone at the sound of my voice at least will not say, I did not hear this. Right. So, That's powerful. So how how did you now take that now understanding of I'm here to connect destinies and how did you tangibly do it? Because one of the ways you do it is through speaking. Mm-hmm. Another way is you do it through teaching. Yes. There's other ways that you do counseling. You do so yes, much. Yes. What did you do to... Okay, so, so this is the thing. Uh, that was... My thing is really connecting people to their destinies. Now, each and everyone is unique. And my uniqueness was to connect people to their destinies 
through relationships. Uh, I believe uh, God's blessings travels at the speed of relationships. You are as wealthy as your relationships. I do believe your destiny is about people, is for people, is with people. So my unique way of connecting people to their destinies is by helping them to navigate uh, properly through their relationships. Mm. Uh, that's why my first book is Understanding Sonship. That's right. Uh, the Master Key to Unlock Your Destiny. But now I'm working even on different projects because I realized all relationships are really things that connect us to our destinies. Uh, when God created you and me, he made what I call destiny helpers. These are the people we meet on our way, on our journey, who are there to help us to connect this destiny. So when I discovered that was my unique thing, my unique way of doing that relationships is really a very big thing. Even for me, surviving genocide, mm -hmm. the way I survived was someone who just met me and recognized me being a small boy in the neighborhood playing football around and his this guy was a national uh, professional football player now football is soccer in, yeah. in US is soccer mm -hmm. so this guy just saw me and recognized me and took me and I hit me and that's how I survived that's relationship relationship saved your life absolutely so so that's now I started speaking about it without even realizing it until everyone we speak to, I speak to everyone who I encounter, like they, they end up saying, but you know, the way you navigate relationships is unique, you know, stuff like that. So I started teaching people what is normal to me. Your gift is you. So the way you share it. It's just you being you. You are the gift. What about the people who say, I have the gift to dance. I have the gift to sing. I have the gift to speak. I have the gift to teach. What do you say to those people? Who say, I tell them, that's a gift you have. Discover the gift you are. Mm. Expound on that. Okay. You have a gift to dance. Discover the gift you are. You will know what to do with your dancing gift. I have a gift of communication. I think the gift God gave me, one of the gifts, is not only to communicate, but somehow to nourish people and to cause them to think. I think personally that's the gift I have. Now that gift is not the gift I am is the gift I have mm. to be able to serve myself. Mm. You see, gifts are the service of purpose. Which wow. Purpose the... is the gift you are. Mm. What were you born to do? Wow, then I'm sorry, you gotta repeat that whole thing again. That's, that's fire, sorry. Yeah, your gifts are the service of the gift you are. And the gift you are is your purpose. So I, I think a lot of people discover 
their gifts or oh, I can sing, I can dance, I can communicate, I can do a lot of things, I can manipulate things. But they kind of uh, confuse what do I do with it because you have to discover the gift you are. Who are you? When you discover that, then you understand what to do with the gift you received. Because the gift you received is the enabler of you serving yourself. I think sometimes we focus a lot on the gift we have, but we forget the gift we are. Each and everyone is a gift to a hu- to this human race. That's right. Each and everyone is a gift to our generation. Now, when you discover that each and everyone is a gift, you do not worry about the gift they have. You treat them as a gift. We tend to treat people be- well or treat people depending on the gift they have. But I have come to realize the gift you are is more powerful than the gift you have. Wow. Because when you do not discover the gift you are, the gift you have may kill you. Ooh, can you explain that? That's when good. you do not discover the gift you are, the gift you have can kill you. Uh, let me use let me use nature explain this. Uh, plants, green plants, they receive uh, sunlight for them to live. Right. Oh, let me change that. That's not true. They only receive sunlight to live as long as they are planted. As long as they are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Remove them from the soil. Mm-hmm. The same sunlight, the gift they have, will kill them. Mm-hmm. We make sure they die. Everyone receives the gifts for them to be able to serve the gift they have. I have people whom we love guy died because he couldn't sleep. I think if you have hard time to sleep, something somewhere is troubling your life. How can someone who's as gifted as him can be troubled in his spirit mind that he can't sleep? But he was gifted. Right. People like with Houston, right? This woman, they called her the voice. She was beautiful, right. very good actress, very good singer, but she killed herself right. with overdose. Right. All of these are the people who have discovered mm-hmm. their gift, mm-hmm. but maybe they were struggling by discovering what gift they were. Mm. Wow. Just maybe. That's a good point. And that's, I can't wait till we, we hit on our last question, but that's a great point. Um, going back to that, right? So when if somebody's struggling with 
knowing the gift they are and the gift they have, what are some practical application steps they can do to find both? I think discovering the gift you have is by trying things and see what you're good at. Mm -hmm. What do you do without even thinking about it? Mm -hmm. And it comes easy to you and people recognize it. Because mm -hmm. the gift we have, most of the time other people will see it before. This is the reason. It's natural to you. That's right. So you do not even see something, okay? You just do it. Right. That's you. Now, discovering the gift you are, I think you cannot do it if you're not connected to your creator. Mm. Wow. Because Super. any manufacturer is the only one who has the reason he makes what he made. Right. And that's why most of the time manufacturers every time they put their image on the product. That's right. So they want you to know where to go to find the truth. The truth means the original information. It's only found in the creator's mind. Right. So for you to discover the gift you are, you have to go back to your Practically, and get into his mind concerning your life. Wow, that's, that's how you discover the gift you are. The gift you have is easier to discover. It's by trying and practicing things, and that's why I love kids. I have a seven-year-old boy, and he's always changing. Like sport, he wants to try everything. And at the beginning, I was like, man, choose one and stick with one. I realized, no, that's killing him. Because mm. that's how he's going to discover what he's good at and what he's not good at. Mm. But he wants to try everything. That's right. So that's why I always tell people, you want an urge to do something, go for it. Mm. You will discover if it's your thing or you discover, no, this is not my thing. How did, what did you find when you discovered your thing? How did you find, this is my thing? You discover your thing when it's this thing that gives you life. Like what I'm doing right now, mm -hmm. I can be so tired I'm about to like pass. <laughs> this thing comes, right. that's what it, it gives me energy. Wow. When you do what you're born to do, it doesn't take energy from you, it gives you energy. Wow. What will you be willing to do? No stop. That people have to stop you to go to eat. <laughs> you know, sometimes you don't understand when God says, you shall work six days and you have to rest the seven days. That is not for people who haven't discovered themselves. Wow. Only people who have discovered themselves, they have to rest because it's a law. Wow. Because they wouldn't stop themselves. No. You have to be alone. Now, have you ever seen God saying, thou shalt eat? No. Because it's natural. Right. If God makes a law, that means you have to put yourself to do it. Right. And rest 
for most of people, they do not need the law to rest. But when you discover who you are, you have to condition yourself to say, oh, I have to stop this. Wow. That's powerful. Never heard that before. It's deep. Very deep. Yeah. So, Hubert, I can just picture somebody saying, I'm listening. I don't know what I should do. I'm struggling with this gift. And how do I turn this gift to produce money in my life to support me? Right? Because now I've got this gift, whatever that gift is, I'm discovering who I am. But I gotta feed my family. I gotta take care of the things. How do you how do what did you say to that person? That's that's very good and very practical question. First of all, your gift is not for you. No one tree. It's its own fruit. That's right. And for you, for your gift to sustain your life. You have to develop it to a point where people want to eat it. Your gift starts sustaining your life when people come to pick it. <laughs> a fruit, a tree produces fruits and trees never brings fruit to you. You go to them wow. to take the fruit. When people comes to you to take your fruit, they pay for it. Mm-hmm. Mind you, people do not eat seeds. They eat fruits. A lot of people discover their gift. They have discovered their seed. Wow. That's why you have to refine your gift. Jesus. Only when your gift is refined, people can... You have to refine your gift and package it in a consumable way. Wow. That's the only way you can make money. Wow. That's powerful. Ah. When you do that, then you have no you have no need. Right. All your needs are met by those who want to eat your food. Mm. They have to take care of them. When that's what we do with trees who are producing fruits, we amend them, bring in fertilizers, we make sure we even put fences around. It's mm. good. So you're doing this. You're living this. Everything you're telling me, I know firsthand that you're living it. And and now your aim is to help other people to live what you're living. Tell us about the book, Understanding Sonship, and how this parlays into your leadership gift and all the things that you're doing. Tell us about the premise of the book and why you wrote it. So the, the, the reason I wrote the book was just, uh, I had an opportunity to be mentored by the best mentor, Dr. Meisman, you know, and, and people couldn't understand how this guy from Africa who barely speak English can 
how did you get close to this man? So everyone, friends, everybody who will see pictures, who will hear stories, will be like, how, what? So people kept asking me. Then one day I was like, you know what? I'm tired of repeating the same thing. Let me write a book about my story. Then I was like, no, people are not interested in my story. Let me write a book about what I learned by being around Dr. Mondo. That's how the idea came. And the idea was solidified when I went to him for a leadership conference. And I heard that I learned that Haiti had been independent for 200 years. Then, out of curiosity, I asked it, is there any company that is 200 years old? Because when people were independent, they created companies. And I realized there was no company that survived that long. No one single company, they say. Then I was like, what's wrong with people? Why do people die with what they have created? I discovered only sons takes your DNA to the next generation. Business-wise, family-wise. And of course, me coming from Africa, I understood how lions do. Lions are the, the king of the jungle. Because they have mastered the art of protecting their children. Lions Male lions, the assignment is just to produce carbs and protect them. They do not hunt, they protect. They have understood that your life is a failure if you do not take it into the next generation. So I wrote that book because I realized a lot of people do not know how to be mentored, so they never know how to mentor a partner. Wow. You produce after your own kind. Right. So if you have never been mentored, you're not going to know how to mentor. And everything you build in your lifetime dies with you. That's really the main reason I wrote that book. And I always tell people when they pick it up, if they have done something with their lives, I say, start with the last chapter, talking about legacy. Because that book is really about legacy. How do you live in a way where everything you do survives your generation? Wow. And in the words of my mentor, the late Dr. Miles Monroe, a success without successor. Where do people pick that book up? Uh, Amazon is the easiest way, and in some bookstores. Wonderful. But Amazon is understanding sonship, the master key to your destiny. Love it, my brother. I'm gonna hit you with the last question, and then uh, and then also ask you to share anything you want to share with people that's on your heart. Mm-hmm. But the last question, I think you kind of answered it. But the last question, which I always live with people with is what's the difference between your gift and your purpose? Uh, your gift is what you received from God. Your purpose is what God gave you to others. 
in what form God created you for others. That's your purpose. Your gift, your gifts are there to serve your purpose. Purpose is the reason you're created. Your gifts are the means to fulfill your purpose. Can I ask you to give me two examples, specific examples? Can you give me an example of that gift and the purpose in your life? And give me an example for those that are more familiar with Dr. Miles Monroe in his life. So give me both. For example, my purpose, as I was saying, is connect people to destinies. That's what I am for others. That's what God created me for. The, one of the gifts I have is to communicate, to talk, to teach, to kind of bring some truth in a different way. Those are my gifts. But my purpose is really I do all of those because I want to connect you to a destiny. I want to help you to connect to this person God created you to be. So for me, one of the other things I do, I organize uh, some soccer tournament for young people. I saw that. That's even the, the word, the, the, the name of that uh, the tournament is called Seruka. Seruka means to show what you got. The idea is to give a platform to these young fellas to show their gifts and, you know, nurture them and, you know, to be able to expose them. Mm -hmm. That's one of the ways, because I love sports. Mm -hmm. That was, it's one of the ways I do it. Mm -hmm. So, my purpose is still one, and I have different gifts that help me mm -hmm. to, to, to achieve it. That's great. Uh, so, Dr. Mono was probably the same. His purpose in life was transforming followers into leaders and leaders into agents of change. One of the ways to do it was to teach, to write books. Mm -hmm. Those were his gift. His gift was a gift of communication. And he used to say his really gift is a gift of a very good memory. He had a very good memory. So everything he would learn, he would keep in his mind. Wow. That was one of the things. Wow. And that was utilized to, to help people. To, to so you have to discover your purpose for your gift to have what to do. Wow. And there are people that have discovered the gift, but they haven't discovered the purpose. Yeah. Both have to go hand in hand. And not only discover it, but to accept it. Because mm. that's a huge one. Mm. A lot of people do not want to accept it because they haven't met they haven't fallen in love with themselves. What do you mean by that? It means you have to accept who you are. There is one, there is discovering who God created you to be. There is accepting it and falling in love with it. A lot of people do not like who they are. Wow. Unfortunately. That's why they try to copy. Absolutely. So they are running from their true life, trying to be someone else. That's so profound. You dropped so much wisdom. I mean, you've overloaded the, the audience and the listeners. I can't wait to hear the feedback from everything you shared. Now, is there anything else on your heart that we didn't cover that you want to get out to people about discovering gifts or about anything that's on your heart that you think people need to know right now? I think 
not much, but maybe just tell someone who's listening to us at the sound of my voice and say, whatever God is telling you, believe it. Accept who you are. That's with your strength and weakness. That's who you are. The minute you accept yourself as God created you to be, that's when you start living. That's when you divorce yourself from other people's opinion. That's only when you can maximize your potential. When you do that, I will definitely see you at the top. So for more, I have a lot of videos, a lot of teachings on, on YouTube. You can check me out, Hubert Sugirati Ikmana, H-U-B-R-T-S-U-G-I-R-A-H-A-T-E-G-E-K-I-M-A-N-A. It's a long name, but that's how we do it in Africa. That's right. <laughs> and we're going to connect his uh, all the links in the show notes to his resources, Understanding Sonship, his YouTube channel, Amazing Content. And he's got some amazing things. He didn't talk about the platform that's coming, but I know that's in the it's, works. That's, so, that is what so, is coming. So, so we'll have to talk again. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So thank you, Hubert, again. Thank you for the hospitality here in Kigali. Thank you for agreeing to come on the show. Uh, appreciate you as a brother, as a friend. And I'm so honored that you came on the show. Thank you for this. coming, man. No problem. I appreciate you. Anytime and next time, come and stay more than just a few hours. My cousin. <laughs> that means thank you. Dear listener, I would like to thank you so much for listening to How I Discover My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date, and it's called the Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six track album I poured my heart and soul into. It includes beautiful beats and amazing spoken word over it. And I'd love to give that to you as a free gift, as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community. So to get your copy, all you need to do is go to podcast.com daviddsimons.com that's podcast dot david the middle initial d simons s-i-m-o-n-s dot com and get yours today thank you for being a listener i'll catch you on the next episode